Welcome back to Small Town Missing. I'm Thomas. I'm Will. And I'm Rhonda. You ready to start this episode? I am ready. Anybody got anything they want to say um, before we get started? Uh, no. Well, appreciate everyone for downloading and please make comments. Let us know what you think. But uh, we seem to be doing well so far. Yeah. So follow much appreciate the uh, Instagram. Which is posted. I, I saw that it was linked in there. Yes. And I believe it has a new name. I believe we've changed the name of the Instagram. It's no longer RTW's Wild History Ride. It is Small Town Missing, I think. Oh, wow. Oh, you need to double check that and let me know so I can update all of our notes. Well, it should come in now because I, I changed it and then I, I'm pretty sure I changed it in Buzzsprout as well. Oh, okay. But oh, yeah. I will, I'm, double, yeah. I will double check it. Okay. It, it's the same place. It's just the name changed. All right. Yeah. So it, it should still link. The link's still active. So it all should be the same. Well, and I will say, I know we talked about this before. It was weird. And, and you know how TikTok does. But uh, on last episodes with Amy Bill- Billig and stuff, I actually saw a TikTok on her or whatever that was on my feed. So it was very specialized. So, you know. Yeah, I saw it too. And uh, it seemed almost word for word what we said. <laughs> well, I will so. say, like, I mean, I'm just the glad that it's, like, inspiring some support for, like, these more, like, lesser known cases and yeah. stuff like that. I think that's cool. Or at yeah, the very least, other people... They're are as interested in lesser-known cases as we are. Yes, I'm sure. Hey, listen, I mean, you got to solve them somehow. Exactly. You ready? I'm ready. Let's, Let's do, do this. It. All right. The case this week is on Marilyn Renee Nicole McCown, who went by Nikki. Say that three times fast. I know. No, That's not even going to try. Who <laughs> Her nickname was Nikki. Mm-hmm. She was 28 years old when she disappeared from Richmond, Indiana, and this was just three weeks before her wedding to fiancé Robert Bobby Webster. Now, according to stories of the unsolved, the couple had dated in high school and had gotten engaged in 1998. Uh, Bobby apparently had left Indiana and moved to California. And whenever he returned from California, uh, that's when they uh, renewed the relationship and got engaged. Mm. Okay, so Nikki had been at the Richmond Coin Laundry in the area of 1100 block of South E Street in Richmond, Indiana, on July 22nd, 2001. Now, according to Nikki's mother, Barbara McCown, Nikki was upset when she arrived at her home on July 22nd. Uh, Nikki told her mother that some men had harassed her at the laundromat. Mm-hmm. And uh, Barbara, uh, Nikki's mother, described them as two creepy men from what Nikki had told her. Um, oh, guys, like, you know, I don't know. I feel like all women could say that. All the creepy men hitting on them, I'm sure, is that just walking down the street or whatever. Yeah, yeah, more than likely. Which reminds me, there's something I have to show you whenever we're done recording. Okay, but, okay. Yes, we'll save it for later. Mm, okay. So Nikki returned to the laundromat to pick up her clothes. Uh, surveillance footage shows Nikki placing the laundry in a 1990 GMC Jimmy 4x4. And the footage shows that she didn't seem to be harassed. Apparently, the the two men, I guess, did not follow her out of the laundromat. Mm -hmm. But anyway, the footage just shows that there didn't seem to be any kind of problem with her leaving the laundromat. And she left around 3 p.m. And she was never seen again. 3 p.m. And that's like the middle of the day, too. That's the weird thing. I I guess I just think of, you know... I don't know. Crimes like this should just not happen. Like you wouldn't think it would happen in the middle of the day, is what I'm saying. But, but crimes like this like happen all the time. Uh, they do. They do. I mean, there's so many people who are missing, and yeah, it could happen anytime. Yeah, very true. I I, I just think of you know. I, I think I'm spoiled by all the CSIs and you know all the stuff I used to watch. That show was strictly night. I rarely ever remember seeing an ounce of sunlight on that show. So I think that's just the uh, me watching TV when when I was growing up. And I can imagine. So that someone usually disappeared. In light, whenever they stop to get gas or something yeah, late like at night, almost or, exclusively, exclusively yeah. at night. Yeah, it imagine. was, um, 
It was when they would get gas, when they would, uh, if they like met their boyfriend somewhere yeah, and then like left night. separately, they'd get picked up. Yeah. Uh, let's see. You saw the, a lot of CSIs uh, with us. Leaving the grocery store late at night, things like that. Well, mm. that used to be us all the time. Leaving work late at night. Oh, we used yeah. to uh, have a very creepy parking lot that we would- Oh my God, no light at all. We would walk all of our uh, female employees out to their mm. cars. Well, we also had a policy where you go and get your cars 10 minutes before close and pull them up to the door. So. Yeah. Okay, now I have to say, I, you know, I've traveled for many, many years and worked late at night uh, trying to get all the hours in doing project work. And this is kind of an aside, but I can remember many times where I was I was working out of state and I would leave the office at, say, 11 o'clock at night. And my hotel was mm-hmm. like across the parking lot. Yeah. I would call Rex, call mm-hmm. your dad and say, hey, you're walking me to the hotel Oh, and just talk on the phone until I got to the that's hotel. That's smart. Yeah. At least and, if something did happen, you would have had somebody on the phone. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I felt about it. But it's like, OK, just really how useful is that? Yeah. Um, so uh, here, a word of caution. You should never do anything like that. Let the security guard at least watch you walk across yes. the parking lot. Yeah, or we get, always have. Or let him walk, him or her, walk you to your car. Well, yes. Or move your car closer to the door like Thomas and, and Will. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, don't take risks. Well, even even where we work now, our policy is that someone watches from the door as you get to your car. Yeah, so. yeah and that's a little bit that's smarter than just smart. being on the phone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at least if you're on the phone, there is somebody that knows something happened. Yeah, yeah. true. True. Okay. Well, let's continue on with our story. So Bobby uh, became concerned when Nikki didn't return when he expected, and he reached out to her sisters, but they hadn't seen her since she had uh, arrived at their parents' home earlier that day. So later that night, the family is really getting concerned, and they begin looking for Nikki. Uh, they started calling the area hospitals. They started driving around the local area to see, could they find the vehicle she was mm-hmm. in? Could they see anything? Uh, Webster reported Nikki missing the following morning, July 23rd. Now, I have from one source that the family went to the police at 2 a.m. the morning of July 23rd to file a missing persons report, but the Richmond police uh, weren't concerned because Nikki was an adult, and there was no evidence that she was in trouble. Now, that being said, I don't know if that means that they didn't take the missing person report yeah, maybe at that just, time. They're like, well, like if she's not back in the morning, like come yeah, back. maybe they just didn't move quickly on yeah. it, thinking, okay, well, she'll turn up because there's no reason to think she won't. Mm-hmm. So, but um, something unusual happened. Bobby Webster canceled the wedding and asked for a refund on the reception hall just days after Nikki went missing. That's well, and that was my thing too. Like I was going to say, like I wonder if they were ever like wary of him a little bit you know Uh, well maybe after those actions and he actually tried to return his wedding band but he couldn't get a refund because nikki is the one who purchased the ring so they wouldn't give him the money back yeah but uh yeah and obviously he was already on police radar to be questioned so this just seemed like suspicious behavior That's very suspicious, especially only a few days after she's disappeared yeah yeah now the police did question him but i don't see that he was ever named a person of interest or a suspect and according to Bobby, he needed the money to search for Nikki, and her whereabouts were much more important to him than just postponing the wedding. And I, I can understand that. Yeah. I mean, if you yeah. uh, if you weren't going to work, if you were driving around looking for someone and you didn't have any income, or you needed the money to, uh, who knows, post a reward, 
or to put up flyers or yeah. or gas money to drive around. I could certainly understand that. Well, I mean, yeah, that makes and I sense. I can see that too, for sure. Like him having the uh, wherewithal to be like, hey, like, you know, all this stuff is temporary. Maybe I'll get my deposit back. We could use this for her. Like, I could see it from both sides, honestly. Yeah, yeah I can too. Uh, on November 5th, 2001, the GMC Jimmy that Nikki was driving was found in Dayton, Ohio at the uh, Meadows. And I, Thomas, you may be able to help me with this. Oh, oh. I'm really not good at Thomas pronunciation this. time. Catalpa? That's what I'm thinking. Okay. At the Meadows of Catalpa apartment complex. And this is about 45 minutes from, from McCown's home in Richmond, Indiana. Mm. So fairly close together. Okay. Okay. Uh, the lock of the uh, driver door had been knocked out and the battery and the stereo were missing, but her laundry was found in the back seat still folded. Well, it's almost like, you know, uh, I mean, you always hear about cars and stuff kind of being subject to, oh, the chop shop, like, you know, getting all the stuff and stuff out of it. But like, I don't know. I mean, that is weird. Just like 45 minutes away and somewhere she wouldn't have been, you know, you automatically just suspect a whole bunch of foul play. You do. You do. But I think it's it's odd that the clothes were still in the back seat. I mean, if someone you think was taking a vehicle to, as you say, like a chop shop. Yeah, yeah. Why was there anything left? Yeah, I mean, you think everything would be gone. Yeah, so I'm not sure that that's that's even the case. But no fingerprints. There was no sign of a struggle. There was no evidence to her disappearance in the car. Now, she had an ex-boyfriend who lived at the apartments, and she had actually lived with him there Mm, in 1997. But he he had an alibi. He passed the polygraph test. And he was very... Yeah, you know, very open to helping the police with whatever they needed to find her. So he okay. was he was cleared as a possible person of interest pretty quickly. Very early on, it sounds like. Yeah, but it, it is kind of odd. And now the police did find that Nikki had made a call to a co-worker who lived near the apartment complex. And according to the co-worker, Nikki had asked where she could find hair and makeup products. And the co-worker directed her to a store in Dayton. So that's, you know, I would think that's why she drove to Dayton. It's uh, interesting, though, I don't find any mention of like a surveillance uh, camera or surveillance footage of the store. I mean, this co-worker, if the police found her and said, you know, if she came forward and said, hey, I did talk to Nikki on this day. Did they check the store mm-hmm. for surveillance cameras and the apartment complex? Was there anything there? I can find no mention of that. And what year was this again? And this was 2001. Oh, so yeah. you would think that would have been available. Yeah, surely. And like, weirdly enough, too, I mean, like. You would have thought, too. I, I don't know exactly, like, I mean, I guess you didn't really, I mean, did we have even, like, very primitive cell phones? Like, I can't even remember. Oh, okay. Yes, now, think about had, this. Is we two had th- cell phones in the 2000s. Yeah. Like early 2000s. 2000s? Yes. Well, think about this. This is 2001. This is the same year the towers came down. Oh, yeah. Very true. We had so, cell yeah. phones in the late 80s and 90s, didn't yeah. we? True. Yeah. I guess it's just, like, I don't know. I, I feel like even if you did have a cell phone, like, I didn't use mine nearly as much. Like, you know, that Well, I mean, think about, like, I, I got a cell phone in 05. Okay. So, so that makes sense. Yeah. But it's just weird. You would have thought maybe she would have talked to somebody in her immediate family, maybe like, even her sisters or, you know, about well, like, hey, like I'm going over here. That's going to come up. Oh, okay. Rhonda. Yeah. So moving along, now we come to Tommy Swint. Now, Swint and McCown had worked at the same state prison, the Montgomery Education and Pre-Release Center in Dayton, Ohio. So obviously she was familiar with the area. Of course, yeah. it was close to home, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Swint uh, had worked there from 1994 until 2007, and McCown had worked there from 1994 until her disappearance. Uh, Now, at the time her vehicle was discovered, Swint lived about a quarter of a mile from the apartments. And according to stories of the unsolved, he and McCown had a complicated relationship, 
each having different ideas as to what the relationship was. Mm. Oh. Now, so it makes, makes me kind of wonder, you know, yeah. what, what does that mean exactly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Swint became a uh, person of interest once the vehicle was discovered. I, 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 hopefully, I, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in 2007, and of course, this is like six years later, uh, Swint became a Trotwood, Ohio police officer. Ooh. Now, Trotwood is a uh, town in Montgomery County, Ohio, and a suburb of Dayton. <clears throat> he resigned just weeks later after Trotwood officials were informed by Richmond officials that he was a person of interest in Nikki's disappearance. Mm-hmm. Now, he filed a lawsuit against the police department uh, stating he, he never knew he was a suspect, but it was uh, later dismissed whenever the Richmond Police Department you know, provided proof that, yeah, he had been informed. He knew well, what was yeah, going that's on. weird. Can you... I didn't know you could do that. Like, I mean, if you're a suspect in a case, you can file a lawsuit against like the, I mean. Well, no, well no, he, he was, he, yeah, he was saying that nobody let him know. He was oh, a person I of see. interest. Yeah. I yeah. see. Well, yeah. shoot, I didn't even know that. Like, honestly, like, I, don't tell everything you know. I don't know. I, I would think they would let you know, or you would have some kind of feel for it. I yeah, would guess. I'd be like, hey, like, we're, we're like looking into you. Yeah, we're following suspect. you, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, there's something. Yeah, yeah, tailing you or something. Yeah, so apparently there was a lot of news coverage uh, about Swint at this time, I guess because he was not only a uh, possible, you know, person of interest, but uh, having to resign, you know, just within weeks. Uh, I'm not sure how large, you know, the area, the town is in that area, how large Trotwood is. But anyway, so there was some coverage on this. In late 2007, an informant came forward with information that Tommy Swint may be involved in the murder of a 33-year-old sex worker. Oh. So, according to Dayton Daily News, on December 17th, 1991, so this was like 10 years prior yeah. to uh, Nikki's disappearance, mm-hmm. a woman's body was discovered on Dayton Liberty Road by tree trimmers. The body had been covered by two plastic bags taped together and then covered by a quilt. Mm-hmm. And the body was identified as Tina Marie Ivory, and she'd been strangled. Mm-hmm. Well, and but that's the thing, too. Like, I, I mean... The sex workers and stuff like that, too, like are already a very underserved. Like, I feel like if there's any violence or anything against them, there's always kind of a stigma against them. So, I mean, that's yeah, always. And they're yeah. also more likely to to be to disappear. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like no cases, one yeah. basically would be looking for yeah. them, you know, because, I mean, work like that. Sometimes you're gone for a day or two. Yeah. And like people are just so. that's like the normal part of it. And the fact yeah. that you know a suspected, you know, police officer is involved in something like that, someone who's the, who they should seemingly be able to trust, you know. Well, now I'm not sure he was a police officer at that point. This was in 2007. Oh, yeah, this years before. Yeah. yeah. Now he did work at the prison in 2001, mm-hmm. but I think maybe uh, a, a guard of some sort that mm-hmm. would have been his role and I'm not sure exactly. So uh, 1991, I'm not sure exactly what he was doing in that area. Mm-hmm. But now on the day that McCowan disappeared, she had tried to contact her sister multiple times. This is what you were talking about, yeah, Will. Yeah, yeah. You know, did she reach out to any family members while she was out and about that afternoon? Yeah, going to Dayton and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, other than seeing her, her parents yeah. at their home. So according to Charlie Project and Unsolved Mysteries, Nikki's sister acknowledged that Nikki was having a relationship with Swint. Oh. Uh, Nikki may have wanted to discuss the relationship. But according to Doe Network, Swint was described as just a friend of Nikki's. Mm. Now, you can find pictures of Nikki on uh, Charlie Project, and she is a very pretty woman. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe Swint wanted more, something more from the relationship than just friendship. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she viewed it as just friendship. Mm-hmm. No idea. And that's just me speculating. 
But uh, and it makes you wonder. Okay, whenever she went to Dayton for the hair and makeup products, yeah, could she have planned to see him to say, yeah, "Hey, exactly, yeah. that's exactly what I thought would have happened." Yeah, you know, maybe say, "Hey, you know, I'm getting married. Just leave me alone." Yeah, you know, let's just be friends and just that's it. Yeah, which I mean, seemingly that too. And I wonder if like her, uh, and I don't know if you'll say this or anything. I wonder if her, you know, fiance had any inkling of like what was happening with this. I mean, I don't know. Did uh, did you come across anything like no, that? No, I didn't find any kind of information on that okay. as to whether or not he knew anything was going on. And I don't know. You know, just how if she was being harassed or if he was just I, I don't know what the relationship was other than one of these resources uh, sources stated that yeah. they had a uh, a difference in what they thought their relationship mm-hmm. should be. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure that he how much he knew, but I didn't find any research on that. OK. OK. So in 2009, Swint's DNA was linked to the jacket that was worn by Ivory and in late 2009, a partial fingerprint was found on this tape that was on her body, and it matched Swint's left middle finger. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, there you go. On February 3rd, 2010, after reviewing evidence in the Ivory case, a grand jury indicted Swint. Now, Tommy Swint was living in Phoenix City, Alabama at the time, Mm -hmm. and when police officers approached his home later that day, Swint shot himself. So, he remains a suspect. In Nikki's disappearance. He's also being looked at regarding other homicides. So don't know, haven't found any more information on that. But yeah. apparently, you know, there was a lot of suspicion there. As well, to- there's no telling, too, about like, it, and it's so disheartening to know, too, like he never is going to have to serve any time or anything for any of the crimes that he did commit that I'm sure that, you know, maybe that there's a lot more that we don't know about. It, it could be. I mean, certainly there's a lot of evidence with... Um, Ivory's case, uh, like you say, well, he won't go to trial. We won't find out for sure if he did it, if he knew something about mm-hmm. it, and you know he was somehow involved, or you know what exactly what the relationship was with Ivory. Yeah, and uh, you know, well, there's it, always deals too, like you know that uh, they cut in prison. I know with like several different. Um, you know, serial killers that we've talked or like, you know, you know about and everything. Like sometimes like they'll be like, Hey, like you're in here for life, but we can, you know, give you certain things if you tell us where this body is or this, you know. Right. So unfortunately he might have been able to say something about Nikki. Who knows? He might have been. He might have known something. But unfortunately, the you know, the family will never know. Yeah. Unless someone comes forward yeah. now after the fact, you know, years later and feels like, hey, I can, we can discuss this. Thing. Yeah, it just seems like so, you know, especially around the time. And I mean, this is speculation because, I mean, we can't really prove it now or anything. But I mean, she's in the area at the time. She's like, you know, going there for seemingly like, oh, I'm going there for makeup. Like, you know, but he also lives there. Her car was found near his area, you know, the area where he lived. I mean, it's just, it, I think a lot of things just fall into line and it just seemingly makes more sense to me. Yeah. And I don't know how large the town of Richmond is, Indiana, but why would you have to go all the way to Dayton? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. And maybe, you know, obviously she wanted her wedding day to be perfect. Mm-hmm. So maybe she, what she wanted, she could only find in Dayton. And again, I don't know how large Richmond is. Maybe it is a, a smaller town, but and but then again, maybe she had another motive. And you know, I'm going to be in Dayton. I need to to talk to this guy. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if he was like invited to the wedding or something like that. You know, I doubt it. I doubt it. Too. Yeah, I mean, if yeah, if she was having problems, I doubt it. But uh, problems dealing with him. Yeah. And this is again just speculation. But apparently, like I said, from one of the sources, it did say that they had a difference in what their relationship be like. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, I'm getting close to wrapping this up. Uh, Nikki is African-American with brown hair and brown eyes. She has small scars above her left eye and the right side of her face, a large scar on her left lower leg, and a scar on top of her head. The day she went missing, she was wearing bright pink and uh, sorry, bright pink and purple floral swimsuit top mm-hmm. and dark shorts. She was wearing diamond earrings and a white gold bracelet. Mm-hmm. She was a student at Sinclair Community College where she took criminal justice courses oh. and hoped one day to become an FBI agent or a U.S. Marshal. I bet she would have made a good one. Uh, probably. She probably would have. She is the youngest of 10 children. Uh, Nikki would be 49 years old. She left behind nine-year-old daughter Peyton. Peyton is now 29 mm-hmm. and has a daughter, Nicolette, who she named after her mother oh. or named in honor of her mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, She remembers her mother as fun-loving and the aunt everyone wanted to be around with cousins always coming over and wanting to hang out. I feel like every family has one of those cool aunt type of characters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Both Nikki's parents and Bobby Webster have passed away. Apparently, uh, Peyton and Bobby were close. I mean, I'm sure there was some suspicion when this all first happened, when Nikki first disappeared, especially with I'm canceling the wedding thing. Yes, yes. But apparently, uh, they were close, and it was almost like a a daughter-stepfather type role, from what I'm understanding with the sources. So that's that's nice. Well, I love that, too, especially because, I mean, he... If he didn't have anything to do with it or anything like that, I mean, he was robbed of a life, you know, potentially with her. So that's, oh. I, I bless his heart. Yeah. And I would imagine that he probably had some relationship with Peyton when she was nine years old prior yeah, to her mother's disappearance. Sure. So, so yeah. So to let that continue and, until his death, that that's, mm-hmm. that's good. That is good. Um, Nikki's family continue searching for answers to her disappearance. Uh, the family has never stopped passing out flyers. In 2021, the family held an event keep the light alive to keep Nikki in the public eye. And the event was held at the the last place Nikki was seen, the former Richmond coin laundry building, which is now owned by nonprofit Tri-County Good Samaritans. Oh, okay. Awesome. So yeah, I believe what happened is they, uh, the, when the new owners, the not the nonprofit found out about Nikki's disappearance. And I, I guess maybe the family was putting together an event and they said, Hey, you know, why don't you have it here? We'll open the doors and, uh, That's so cool. That is good. I love but, that. Yeah, I believe that they did reach out to the family to to host it there at, at that location for That's the 20th awesome. anniversary of her disappearance. That's awesome. Yep. So if anyone out there has any information uh, that can help find out, you know, is if Nikki is still alive, where she may be, or if she is, if she's passed, where her body may be, that so the family can have closure to this. Mm-hmm. And uh, if anyone has that information, the uh, Number for the Reach Richmond Police Department is 765-983-7247. And this will be in our show notes along with all the resources that I've got and including a uh, a uh, a website for their Facebook page for Nikki McCowan. So the family does host a, a Facebook to okay, cool. keep her name, like I said, in the public eye. Well, that's awesome. Do you think um, one of these days, too, I think it's going to be so cool, and I know it's going to happen, and we're going to have an update on one of these cases that we've covered. That's what I'm hoping. I'm praying about that. I think that'd be cool. I hope so. I mean, at least for closure. I mean, it's it's not going to be... I would think in this case, after all this time, it's not going to be a resolution anybody would want. Want, But also to have closure. Right, to have closure. Mm -hmm. So, again, uh, thank everyone for 
downloading our podcast. And if you have any comments, please post because we're always interested to yeah. see what you guys are thinking. Yeah, and what and what kind of cases y'all are interested in? I mean, I know that the Amy Billy case has gotten some traction, at least on TikTok that I saw. But if any cases are jumping out to you guys, just let us know, and we'll be happy to cover them. Yep, we will be. All right, guys. Thank y'all so much, and catch you next time. All right, till next week.